Ralph. Yes. Ralph's, Ralph's first clue to the intro. Ralph is the intro. Stop. Dude, Ralph is just stoked that we have Carter Booth on for this interview, um, which is presented by BNC Fieldhouse. Um, there's no better place in Ames. Best, best place for drinks, food, a timeout, week, weekend, doesn't matter. Get out there. Enjoy the patio while the weather's nice. Support our boy, Ben, King of Ames. And with that, Ralph is saying, let's, let's talk to Carter. All right. We are here today with academic all Big 12, 100% free throw percentage, the man, the myth, the legend, Carter Booth. Carter, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, dude. So, you know, I, I first just want to kind of embrace, you know, who you are and what you've came to be at Iowa State, which is really just kind of the fan favorite. Uh, you know, I, I only had the luxury of attending probably one or two games a year for probably the past four years since I graduated. But frequently, whenever we were up, everyone would always be chanting booth, booth, booth. So I guess, how did you kind of just build that reputation? Because, you know, so many times we see so many other players in your situation, but no one has really ever been as well-known or beloved as you are in the position that you were in. So are you just a great networker or, or how did you become so bold? <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, Beloved in Cycle Nation. What's that? Uh, I don't think I said anything. Was that you, Newt? Did you say something? No, Mason, your mic is on a delay, I think. so. (laughs) Oh, good God. Is it on a delay? You're good now. I think, yeah, you're good. Okay. All right. Good start. We're at a great start. Yeah, great start. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I know. It's pretty cool how that all kind of ended up. Um, Yeah, I I don't know how I would uh, really put it. I I guess I was just a pretty outgoing person here, you know. Um, I, I think I met a lot of different people here at Iowa State, which many people do. But, you know, I just, you know, I've had a good time here for sure and met a lot of nice people and good people. And I think that kind of like went a long ways when you build real relationships with people. So I think that's kind of how kind of kind of how it started to go in that way. Getting my name chanted, I guess. So. Yeah, I love it. Well, I mean, you know, coming from a smaller town and, and it's, it's, it's Leon, right? Or is it Leon? It's Leon. Yeah. Leon. Okay. I mean, you know, just kind of following you and in, in your athletic career in high school, you were the starting quarterback, you were, you know, the all-star point guard on your basketball team. So you kind of came as this big fish in a smaller pond. How was that transition going to a pretty huge school in Iowa state? Um, yeah, it was definitely like weird for me for sure. And I think like a lot of guys that come in or athletes get that when they come into like a bigger school, you know, but I mean, definitely for me coming from, you know, I graduated with like 44 kids and I knew every single one of them and <laughs> coming to this, I didn't know really anybody here at Iowa state. Um, so yeah, it was definitely like a kind of a little shell shock, but I think it was, it was definitely good for me. Cause I think I really needed it because uh, you know, just getting out there and like you learn so much different stuff and different perspectives and everything. And just going to a new and bigger place, especially coming from Leon, Iowa. Um, which I love Leon. I'm glad I grew up there for sure. But um, I think it was definitely a lot uh, learning experience for me for sure. Yeah. So like following up on that, I guess it's always interesting of, you know, sort of making that decision of, mm-hmm. of coming to Iowa state when you maybe could have gone to like a, a smaller school or something and got gotten a lot more time and, and probably, you know, I guess 
seen the core action much more. How, how do you, how'd you kind of uh, balance that decision or was there, did you just really want to get like a true college experience going to Iowa state or, you know, I guess it's just kind of, um, you know, how do you kind of make that, that decision of like, am I going to try and, you know, continue my career and have like a, a ton of mint somewhere or maybe co- go to this place where, you know, I, I'm probably not going to see a lot of time or, or, you know, be a, be more of a, you know, support team, team, team player kind of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. It was, a uh, me, my, my dad and my mom definitely sat, sat down a lot. It's like towards like the end of my senior year. Um, just talking about where I wanted to go, like trying to find out what the spot uh, would be best for me. Yeah. I, it was a hard decision because like I was, I did have other, uh, opportunities to go play other places, you know, whether it was football or basketball or whatever. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it was hard making the decision, but when I got the opportunity to be a walk on your out state, um, you know, financially and the opportunity, I just, my parents and I thought it would be the best decision for me. And I ultimately thought it was the best decision for me as well. And I don't regret the decision. I, you know, I think about it sometimes, but um, I've had a great time here at Iowa state and obviously yeah, I could have got more, a lot more time playing somewhere else, but I think I made the right decision. I don't regret it. So but yeah, it was definitely a hard decision. Yeah, I feel like getting the the Ames Iowa State College experience would just be much better than going to you know like Co College or, or Warburg or something. I don't know. I'm not yeah. trying to like shit on little little private universities, but just like yeah. this is like such a difference in like your college life. Like you, I mean, you obviously grew up in a very small hometown, so I think going to any college is going to be big. But like some of those places are you know now like they're like large high schools, you know, like there's, yeah. but like going to Ames and, you know, the enrollment's so crazy and all the things you can get involved in. I, I just feel like that, that difference is like a unique lifetime experience to get. For sure. Yeah. I know my mom really uh, talked to me about that as well. I think she really wanted that for me too, which I'm glad I have, you know, my parents have just been so helpful for me, but yeah, I think my mom really highlighting that for me, we're making our decision really helped me out for sure. Mom knows best. She does. <laughs> So what was the walk-on process like at Iowa state? Just because when I think of, you know, collegiate athletics, specifically in football, they, they hire not hire. That's not the word I'm looking for, but they bring on, you know, dozens, you know, sometimes plural of walk-ons for football. And there's just more positions on the field. They can usually have a couple walk-ons per position sometimes. And I sometimes just think, you know, these other sports can be a little bit easier to walk on. Not that it's ever easy to walk on. I mean, walking on, you got to be damn good to do that. But specifically for basketball, there's a very limited amount of positions. And, you know, your initial team that you came on board with was Cam Lard, Lindell Wigginton, Mario Shyock. Nick Babb, that's just to name a few. It, it was honestly an all-star roster and you still snuck your way into it. So how, how did that walk-on process, you know, transpire and how did you, you know, kind of flourish in that process? Um, yeah. Yeah. Coming in with those guys is kind of also That was another big shell shock, just like the talent and all the stuff I saw coming right in my first year. I was like, I was like damn. <laughs> um, yeah. The whole process, um, it was kind of later, um, in my senior year. Cause I had, well, my kind of, my connection was I played for uh, Jake Sullivan at kingdom hoops and he had played here six and had a good successful career. Um, and I think he was in talks with uh, coach Prome at the time about me being like a walk on and everything. And then also my high school coach, Zach Clark, which has a really good relationship with Jake Sullivan as well. 
Um, Jake Seth Sullivan, Kyle. the guy that got your free throw percentage up to 100%. Because I know he was a he was a free throw king. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that for sure. Yeah, he definitely helped me out a lot when during my AAU days for sure. But um, <laughs> free throw, yeah. I, I used to practice free throws all the time with my dad and my mom when I was younger because I did like these Knights of Columbus free throw shooting contests all the time. So they always – What's that? You got a couple trophies from those? Yeah, I never lost. <laughs> <laughs> of course you yeah. What's that? God, my mic is super delayed, isn't it? God damn, this, this is going to be it's, brutal. It's sometimes Man. it's weird. It's weird, but you're good. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, one thing that I just kind of saw, I, I'm a big huddle guy. So uh, almost any athlete that I'm aware of, I want to watch their huddle film in high school because sometimes it's just fun to watch the crazy discrepancy from D1 athletics where you can see someone who's even an average D1 player. But as, as soon as you look at his high school tape, you just see him soaring above everyone else. So to me, I just I, I may call me stuck in high school. Call me what you want. But I just find it interesting. And, um, you know, just it's very clear that just from watching your film in, in high school, you're very creative and you're very crafty with the ball. Not only are you, you know, filthy beyond the arc, but your vision just on the, you know, seeing the entire court and seeing, you know, those openings and just, yeah, just your vision, honestly, on the court is just very <laughs> impressive. So that's not something you can really teach. And I almost want to ask, like, how, how did you find success with just, you know, your vision and just being crafty? But in a way, that's it's almost something you can't teach. So I guess what other way, ways were you able to, you know, just kind of, you know, soar above your competition? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, I guess um, I would just say playing a lot of basketball younger and watching a lot of basketball and always being around basketball, just kind of understanding like the flow of games, I really think helps people develop that. Obviously, you can't really teach it. Uh, in a gym or like, like one-on-one for sure. Like you can't really teach that stuff. It's just, I was just saying getting a lot of like game reps and like playing a lot of blast basketball and just understanding how the flow and how the games are going in certain circumstances, I guess uh, that's kind of probably what really helped me for sure. Cause you know, I was definitely around basketball a lot when I was little as well. Cause uh, my dad was always a high school coach. So I was always a little kid on the side shooting, trying to jump in and stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say playing a lot of basketball and just that's kind of what build, builds that up for people for sure. So you said when coming to Iowa State, it was a little shell shocking to kind of see the talent that you're you're coming into. Could you talk more about that? And just like, how was that like sort of first practice? Like, did you have kind of like an oh shit moment of like, I don't know, probably growing up, a lot of times you were, you were usually the best person on the court and then you, you maybe come into this thing and like, that's not the case at all. Like you maybe go from being the best person on the court to maybe even the worst person on the court. Like how is that as an athlete, like that mentality, that transition, how does that go? And, and, you know, like how do you then kind of move on that and, and find success? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I would say it's definitely like a humbling experience. And I would say like a lot of athletes kind of go through this cause it's like, I would say like, I don't know. Cause I thought, you know, you like think you're the man, whatever, when you're coming in, and then, like, I just felt like a little boy again <laughs> around all these guys. And, like, some of them are a little older than me, so I, I kind of get that. And they're, like, you know, three or four years older than me still. But, like, I, don't know, I was just like, holy crap. Like, have I, am I, hopefully I'm not done growing or anything or I'm still going to get stronger and everything. So, which I definitely did get stronger and I think faster and quicker and everything. But, yeah, I remember it was, like, 
no, one of the first days I was there, like Lindell Wigginton was like in the weight room and I had to go lift with him. And like, he was like, he had like his shirt off and everything. And I'm like, I don't look like that, like at all. And like, he was like doing chin-ups, like with, with these chains, like all these chains on him. And I'm like, I can do like, I can do chin-ups, but I can't do it with all that weight on. And he was just you know, in there repping it out. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, <laughs> I feel like a little boy. And then just like the stuff they were doing on the court too. Just Lindell's like, low key beefy too. Like he he's a he, built man. He was very very strong, very strong in the weight room. I can I can definitely say that. You don't realize how strong some of these dudes are, just naturally too. It's crazy. But yeah, that was kind of like an oh shit moment. I was like, damn, I gotta, I kind of got to get to work here, um, just to leave him look the part. I felt like um, yeah. There was another time when we we're like after practice and like these dudes were just like trying to like dunk, like just like just standing there, like no, like no running and dunking, like just straight vert. And, uh, like some of them, like they were trying to do like windmills off of it and stuff. And I'm just like, yeah, I can, I can kind of dunk, but not, not like that. And then like Lindell walked up with, with no shoes on, just socks and said, give me the ball and stood right in front of the rim. And then in his bare feet, just jumped up and yeah. I was just like, Oh my God. <laughs> so what? We we're gonna brush over the fact that you can dunk, though. I, I mean, dude, that's like every man's dream. I, I don't care how tall or short you are. If you can dunk, you've you've made it. So what what the hell, man? That's sick. That's so sick. Yeah, it is sick. Um, I definitely like. I don't know. I mi- I've I've missed a lot of dunks in my life for sure. But um, but yeah, it's. it's I don't know. You I do think it one time though, and you're, and you're crowned for life. That's the only thing you need. You just need to do it once. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, for sure. Well, I I do want to kind of talk about that. What I think it was a 2019 team. I didn't even mention all of them. I'm going to rattle off a few more names: Solomon Young, Terrence Lewis, Tyrese Halliburton. I didn't even mention Tyrese Halliburton. Michael Jacobson, um, George Condit. It is. Truly, I thought it was the most talent I've ever seen on a roster. That was the greatest Iowa State basketball team I've ever seen. I think, you know, that that roster where we had Niang, Monte Morris, Deontay Burton. To me, that's just, it's hard for me to get that out of my head. But as far as talent goes, I don't think I've ever seen a more talented Iowa State team in my, in my entire life. And you've not only been with them, but you've been with, um, you know, Isaiah Brockington, um, Tyrese Hunter, all these just crazy, crazy athletic guys and just and outstanding basketball players. So out of all of those, who maybe impressed you the most with maybe their pure skill, but also just kind of how they worked um, in the offseason and practice. And, you know, obviously it came to fruition on the court for most of those guys. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's kind of hard to pick just one guy, obviously from what you said, because all the just the guys I've seen work and been around for, for four years. But I, I would definitely say, like, you know, this year and my freshman year, like the most, obviously the two successful, more successful years that we had here um, when I was here. I'm um, just some of the, I don't know, like both teams had a, just a, a different like group of guys that would still work out like every day, multiple times. I know like my, my freshman year, I always knew that Marl Shayok was in the gym before practice, after practice, shooting like he was there before everybody else shooting there after practice shooting like he was it was ritual for him for sure um i mean even even guys this year like i don't know caleb grill and gabe kalsher and a bunch of other i'm those are just named the top two off my head but 
I don't want to miss anybody because definitely everybody on these teams have worked their, what their worked their tail off for sure. And there's definitely a lot of unseen hours. Just it's, it's a lot. And people, I don't think people really realize how much time guys really put into this, which is pretty, pretty crazy. But if you want to be good, that's what you have to do. And they, and I think it shows for sure. And who do you think was, you know, the most impressive leader or, or maybe again, I don't want you to single anyone out, but like, who are, you know, just a few of them that truly took just the locker room and made it theirs. You know, you could really just feel their impact as a leader in the room. Um, yeah, I would say definitely my, my freshman year, I would say like, it's like a mixture of like Nick Babb, Mario Shayok and Michael Jacobson. I just felt like those guys, like you just kind of look to them for sure. Like if, if anyone had questions about stuff and, or wanted to talk about something, I just feel like those guys kind of just took it and was like, this is how things are going to go, whether it was how they say it or just how they did it. And everyone kind of followed for sure. I would definitely say those guys kind of stick out in my head of remembering leadership. Obviously Tyrese Halberd was a great leader with his time here. Um, but yeah, that was a very obvious one. Like even as you know, watching in the stands, you could just tell that he, he had complete control of, of his team and he, yeah, he had a lot of influence. You could tell in a good way. Yeah, for sure. And he's a great guy. And I was, I, I got the opportunity to, to actually be his roommate my freshman year. So he helped me out a lot, whether it was, how, how do I get here on campus or what, what, what do we do in this situation? You know, I was the, probably the annoying little freshman asking him all these questions, but he definitely helped me out a lot as well. I, I met that guy briefly twice. One of them was at AJ's and it was, uh, <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed by that interaction. He doesn't remember me and I'm happy for that. <laughs> and the second time was, um, he was just walking by with, I think one of his friends when he uh, passed by my fraternity and we have a basketball hoop out, out in the back. Ugh excuse me, out in the parking lot. And we just said, Hey, you want to shoot hoops for a bit? And he just kind of hung out with us for like 30 minutes and was just shooting hoops. And it's like, that dude did not have to do that. He's just, you can tell yeah. he's a good guy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Great guy. And I think he's, he's doing pretty well overseas, obviously. So. Oh, he is. Yeah. 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 Great guy for sure. I have kind of a dumb question. Um, but I don't think it's dumb, but how hard is it or frustrating is it to try and guard Isaiah Brockington in the mid range? I can practice and stuff. Were there just times where like, I played a really good fucking defense and it's still going in. Like, cause I felt like watching it. There were so many times where it's just like, I was like, I feel bad for that defender. Cause his, his hand is right there. And just, <laughs> what, like, what else are you supposed to do? Unless you grow like, like, a foot and then block his shot. That's about it. But like, I don't know. I, so I just want to get like any type of your perspective of it. If, if, it, if you, cause I feel like you've probably experienced that at some point this year. Yeah, I definitely experienced it. It was like right away when we were like scrimmaging in the summer, <laughs> I was just like, Holy shit. Like, like it's like automatic for sure. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's been so many people even in practice and stuff. Cause I feel like we practice pretty hard um, right when we got here in the summer and the fall, which I think that's what, really helped us be successful this successful this year, just how much we played uh, together for sure. Um, but yeah, like I don't see it in the season, but even in practice, you know, I'll be, be just honest, on, you know, honest. Well, wow. God, sorry. My, my dog all of a sudden tries to manipulate every episode by just having a, a barking rant. Um, it, it might last another 30 more seconds, but go for it. The floor is yours and kind of Ralph's. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, guys would just be right there every single time and it would go down a lot. And like, 
sometimes there's nothing you can do about it. Obviously you see it like in college, even the pros a lot, just a, a good defense, but the even, even better offense. But for, yeah, for sure. It's, he was a hard man to stop when he got going in the mid range for sure. It was always fun to watch him cook. Like you could just tell when you're like, all right, Brockington's feeling a little bit. There's not, there's not much the the opposition can do here. It was, yeah. I think that was some of my favorite moments this year. Um, also just cause like sometimes our offense needed that little boost, but yeah. Yeah, sure. Dude would also make- jump like a hundred feet in the air. You can't block that like that. Uh, yeah. That no. sucks. <laughs> he elevates so well. It's crazy. So well, like he, yeah, it's like a, it's uh, so much elevation on each one of his jump shots. I feel like he'd get tired, but he never did. So I think well, Linda Wigginton also did that too. When he shot, he just jumped so high. Yeah. And that dunk he had against Oklahoma. Oh he, my he gosh. That was so that disrespectful. Man. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> he retired, right? No, he didn't. But I mean, <laughs> should have. <laughs> should have ended the game right there. Well, well, shoot, Newt, if that's your dumb question, then I'm I'm afraid that I have even dumber <laughs> questions. My next three questions are all pretty dumb, but I, oh, I have yeah. to ask them. Um, so this is a take I've had all year. And you know how some people, when they're trying to act smart, they say, Hey, he might not be our best player, but he's our most important player. So I will die on this hill that Alias Kunz is our most important player for whatever reason. He always just was at the right place at the right time on the court, which is kind of like watching Niang. People would say, Oh my, the way he plays, it almost just looks like he's lucking into all these shots. But after you do it for so long, you realize it's not luck. And in regards to, you know, Kuntz, you can, you can see his positioning on the court and he's always like, like I said, right place, right time. And he plays the role player, but he also can, you know, be pretty dominant with the ball in his hands at times. Just tell me I'm right. Is he, would you agree? He's the most important player of the team. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> I guess it's hard to say who's the most important player, but yeah, I mean, jazz always did a good job of uh, being in the right place at the right time. Like you said, and, I think he's just kind of one of those guys who understand like the flow of the game and how people are playing and how they weren't playing and how they usually play. Like there's just a lot of stuff that kind of go into it. And it's just kind of a feel thing. You can't really coach it at all. It's just like the more you play with people and the more you play the game, the more you understand it. And I feel like jazz really, really got that. And that's why he was able to be so successful. It's just that he was newer to be. I don't know if he ever studied like the, the angles or anything, but just watching the last dance documentary and watching Dennis Rodman talk about, you know, the spin of the ball. And like I said, how it hits the angles on the backboard and the rim and how he can kind of interpret where it's going to go. I don't know if, if anyone is at that level, of course, but you know, there, there's certainly a skill set that you can build by quite literally, you know, just being at the right place in the court. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to die on that hill. So I'm never going to take it back. <laughs> that, that's a good hill to die on for sure. I, I see your, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I, I needed you to confirm that bias. Thank you. <laughs> so kind of with that and just, um, you know, I guess we talked about defense a little bit and whatnot. How is that sort of transition of, you know, going from a coach that maybe is emphasizing offense a little bit more in prone and in the style play to someone who is completely the opposite in odds, whereas you guys are talking about getting kills and, and things like that. And just, absolutely suffocating defense that I personally love to watch. I, I, I thought this was one of my favorite cycling teams to watch in a really long time. And it was a big reason that, you know, contributed to the tournament run as well. You know, not a lot of teams get to see 
you know, top 10 Ken Palm statistics, like defenses on a regular basis. And when you have to deal with that in a couple of days, it's, it's really tough. So like, I guess just how is that transition even like in the off season or like, you know, you were here, you were there for the, the offensive minded coach and philosophies and, and that switch. And like, you know, how, how do, you know, guys mentalities change and, and everything kind of, kind of go with that. Um, yeah, it was definitely a change. Um, it's kind of hard to talk about the transition between teams because it was just like a whole new team uh, this last year. But like, I just think coach Oz and, you know, TJ uh, did such a good job of getting got the right guys here and the right guys to buy in um, to what, what he wanted us to do. Cause if, if people don't buy in, you can only be so good. And I think he, he definitely explained his thoughts and how he was thinking. It wasn't like we're doing this just cause so guys would be like, oh, why are we doing this? He would, he said, we're going to do this and this is why we're doing it. And this is how we're going to do it. So it was very clear and cut how he wanted things. And I think it was easy to buy in for all the guys here for sure, because he was very honest with how he coached and how he talked to people. So, but yeah, I, I, it was, it was, it was probably, it was really fun to watch for me as well and and kind of be a part of as well. It just kind of how, you know, defense is not just a single man or two guys doing all the work. It's everybody working together. And I think the way that, you know, always trap the, the baseline drive and to, to sink and rotate and stuff like that. It's, it's fun to watch because it's, it's, it's good basketball. I thought, and I think a lot of people thought the same way and just how we played hard, which was, I think everybody can appreciate people who play hard, whether you're good or bad, if you play hard, you can respect it. And I think, we had some, obviously we had some really good guys on the team and, and everybody played hard. So. Yeah. I think that was one thing that even this year after, you know, the crazy 12 and 0 start um, and heading into conference play and then kind of, you know, the big 12 just fucking hard. It's the best basketball conference by far. Everyone's, yeah. everyone's pretty good. The defenses are elite for the most part. Uh, you don't really yeah. get it right off on, on trying to, trying to score buckets and stuff. And I think even fans knew that too, of just like, Hey, this, this seems, you know, they might not be shooting or doing it well offensively, like, or they might, they might be struggling to find, you know, people to, to, to do it on that end, but Holy shit, they're working their ass off. And and I, I agree. I think that's one thing that like, we all kind of fell in love with this team and like the way the style that you guys played of like, Hey, you know, you guys are going to make it a dog fight on whoever you guys play. And, and that's like, you know, that's always going to keep you guys in games too. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As everybody knows, the big 12 is the best conference just like every night. You, I mean, you, you, the team can be the last in the conference and you still, you, you can't count them out because they still got, you know, all these players that can just, you know, really play and, you know, a good coach is still in the big 12. Like it's just a loaded conference all the way through, but for sure. Yeah. I mean, you definitely have to, like, I mean, especially games on the road, even at home, it's just a dogfight. I mean, sometimes it's not as pretty, but you got to, you know, it's, it's manning up and getting it done, whether, whether, how, however you get it done, you just got to get it done. But yeah, I yeah think, definitely um, hard to play. I think just embracing winning ugly was a new transition, at least for Iowa State fans, you know, because what was that? I think it was Kansas State or TCU, a purple team, whatever, some purple team. We, we had our lowest first half point total at, I think, 24 points. And usually you'd be thinking, okay, they're, they're probably getting killed at half. No, because we held them to 22 points. Like we were up at half. 
off of our worst offensive performance in the first half. And we ended up winning the game. So it, it was, it's a completely, you know, new style of basketball that we're seeing as Iowa state fans. And, you know, I, I always said gone are the days where we will have a NAS long desperation three to win us the game. It's electric and it's really exciting, but this is also very exciting too. you know, kind of embracing the ways where you can win ugly. And I think I, I again, I'm butchering the team, but there was, a game that we had where we, I don't think we scored for the entire last minute, but the last three possessions, the other team just kept turning the ball over because we kept forcing these turnovers. And it's like, you know, this is just as an electric way to win too. It, it, it's Iowa State basketball. So your heart's going to be beating until the bitter end, but yeah. it's fun as all hell. So it's, it's quite the transition. No, really no question there. I guess I just wanted to talk. But yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, um Oh, you want to go? No, this is all you. It's all you. All right. How fun was it to just smoke Iowa this year and like <laughs> hold them to like no points? Cause it I loved it. It was yeah. so much fun to watch. So as a player, I can only imagine how much fun it was when this team that like is scoring in the averaging in the high eighties going into the game with us and you guys held them to 53 points. Like that's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. It was, it was pretty badass. Yeah. And just the way Hilton was rocking that night and, how they just, it just felt like, we, I mean, we were just curb stopping and what it felt like, but obviously they were a good team and they did some good things this year. But, um, but yeah, I think it was a long time coming. So I thought we should have won multiple games in the past years here and there. Um, especially my freshman year, I thought uh, we had a better team for sure. We just didn't win, which is really frustrating because everyone gets to say, you know, it's not a Hawkeye state and all that crap, but but yeah, the, the way, the way we beat them this year and the, how we did it. And then, yeah, it was, it was, it was really nice to say the least. <laughs> um, this is, this is my dumb question. Um, how stupid was the Mountain Dew March Madness challenge this year? <laughs> I, I work for PepsiCo, so I feel like I can be critical of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hell yes. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> um, Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool, obviously, uh, to make that like kind of come to full circle there with the, but yeah, I was just like, there's a reason why they picked me, I guess, to do the whole thing. But, um, I mean, it was well, pretty there cool. Wasn't, there wasn't a player from any of the other schools that scored a point though. Was it? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. yeah. Dumb. They, they should have done something else for that. Like, uh, like, um, some play time. If, if they get in and record like, over a minute, boom, free Mountain Dew for the entire campus. I guess you got free Mountain Dew for the entire campus anyway. Like, didn't they bring a truckload of Mountain Dew anyway? Yeah, they still hit me up. And we're like, hey, we're going to bring Mountain Dew, like a truckload. If you want to come out and hang out, like hand it out. I was like, yeah, for sure. So I handed out a lot of Mountain Dew. There was a lot. But yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah, so I still handed, I still handed Mountain Dew out, but. And you just know people were using that as chasers for just the next three weeks. <laughs> That's what everybody said. It was like on like a Thursday or Friday too. And they're like, oh, sweet chasers. And I was like, yeah, it's free. Go after it. Get after yeah, it. that I, I got that for you guys. You're welcome. <laughs> that was on me. That's me. Remember that. Yeah, I, I was cheering so hard for that, but I was like, oh, come on. We, we, we could have done something better for that. Now, nah, whatever. Yeah. Free Mountain yeah. Dew is free Mountain Dew. For sure, yeah. It was still pretty cool. So and I appreciate them for the for the opportunity, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so okay, shifting gears a little bit here. You mentioned that you played with Michael Jacobson. And uh 
you know, how he was really just kind of that locker room leader for y'all. And he is now a tight end on my beloved Indianapolis Colts. I'm a diehard Colt fan. So it's kind of fun to see him there, but we've talked with a few separate athletes on just how easy is it to transition from one sport to the next. And I, I know that we're talking, you know, D one athletics to pro football. So it's a, obviously a little bit different scale, but I've always thought that my two favorite positions in all of sports was point guard and basketball and quarterback and football. And those are both your positions in high school. So do you, you know, those are on my top two Mount Rushmore of just overall positions to play in sports. Did you prefer one over the other, or were you just kind of like, Hey, I I'm a baller. I, I got to go play basketball or were you kind of, you know, veering between the two sports for a little bit. I was like talking about like just deciding what I wanted to do, like football or basketball. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely thought about for, for, I mean, for a hot second there, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll go play a football in college. Like I, I really love football and I really like playing it in high school. And I had, you know, we had some good teams in high school for sure. And I, you know, had some success in football. Um, yeah, I, I miss it. Yeah. Um, I just thought like I truly love basketball and I put, I had put so much time, extra time into basketball. I just thought, well, I thought I was better at basketball than football, but I think, yeah, yeah I definitely did, had to decide between the two. Cause I was definitely thinking about either or for, for a while, but yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, growing up in Iowa, most people that grew up playing basketball, AAU in Iowa just, they know the name kingdom hoops or all Iowa attack or, you know, whatever you were affiliated with. And that is one of those ultimate commitments. You know, if, if you're playing for them, it's not just a seasonal thing. It's, it's all year long. So I, I figured if, if you're, you know, taking your talents to that level, you're, you're certainly committed to basketball, but I don't know. I, I always just think to myself, if, if I see someone playing quarterback specifically, they're getting close to maybe switching sports. Like Kyler Murray, when I saw that he, was what was it drafted by the A's? The A's um, yeah. But he, yeah, they let him play, you know, quarterback at Oklahoma. I said, okay, there's, there's no chance A's. I'm sorry. He, he's, he's going to play football. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Nude, you got one? Yeah. 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 Um, I got, I got one more dumb one. I need, I need some time to figure out how I want to, you know, lay it out there. <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm always interested, you know, um, do you see yourself maybe coaching down the road or, or staying involved in, in basketball as a sport or, or coaching something else or getting away from it? Cause you've, you've been immersed in it for so long, or I, I guess kind of like, you know, experiencing any burnout or do you just love the game and want to be around it the rest of your life? Um, yeah, I'm working on, I'm taking a summer class here to finishing up my, like my coaching license. So yeah, that's definitely in the, in the plans for my future um, where I don't know. And, but um, I definitely want to stay around the game. Um, I know my dad's a, a, a pretty good coach back home too. So I think I've always kind of just obviously kind of looked up to him and that's kind of what I want to do as well. Cause I love it so much. And that's where I spent so much of my life competing and been around the game so much. I just think that's what I, what I really, really, what I really want to do. But yeah. Coaching for sure. Well, this is good. Cause news transitioning me. Have you considered play by play commentary? Because I think we could get Carter in the booth. <laughs> I've actually never thought ah, about that one. I'm proud of that one. <laughs> That's funny, though. <laughs> <laughs> 
that that was the only that was a question I had. That was my that was literally my last question. Always, <laughs> always good. You know, start strong and strong. That's that's what I say. <laughs> yeah, I like it though. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Gosh, man. Well, um, I got actually I got another dumb question. Me and Newt, two on one. Who would win? You mean- Both me and Newt against you. Me. Yeah. You're uh, well. You, you didn't let me finish. What if we have Big 12 refs and we know how to play Big 12 refs and just hack and you're you wearing an Iowa State uniform and we're wearing you're wearing an Iowa uniforms. State uniform and we have the big. T- yes, we're we're and Bill Kansas Self uniforms. is coaching us and Bill, Bill Self is coaching us. Yes, yeah. um, he found some way to cheat. All right. Who wins? Who wins now? Me. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. we, we got all the we got all the leverage on our side. for that. <laughs> We always try these scenarios with every athlete and we've never gotten them to admit that we might win something. (laughs) So I love that. I love that. It's great that we we have athletes with the mentality of they're always going to kick a random scrub's ass. Hell yeah. You bet on yourself. I was just about to say D1 athletes can never not bet on themselves. So I mean, what are we expecting? (laughs) You know, the closest we're probably going to get is Todd Blythe. He, He was the closest to like really diminishing how good he was. Maybe he was like too humble. Todd's like, I wasn't even that good. Like, I just have (laughs) receiving records at Iowa State and stuff, but I'm not good at football. And we're like, Todd. Yeah, Yeah, you are, man. Make make us little commoners, us peasants, just look even worse. (laughs) Love that. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say I'm like the the greatest ever, obviously, but like, I'm still going to, you know, bet on myself and scenarios. So, I I mean, like it is kind of the ultimate bet on yourself story though, to go into quite literally the toughest basketball conference in the nation. At the time you came in, you literally walked on to, like I said, and I, I still believe this, that that was the most talented Iowa state team I've ever seen. You know, those are situations where you, you can't just fall into those, in, into those places. I know you had the connection with Jake Sullivan, but nonetheless, like, I mean, he's, he's been out for years now. And so, yeah, just, you know, doing what you did is already impressive in its own right. And again, like I, I always like to d- dig a little bit further. That's kind of why I would go into your huddle film to see, okay, this guy is creative as hell as a ball distributor. He's got great vision and he's very crafty with the ball and can really just shoot from anywhere on the court. And so sometimes I, I see players like yourself and I almost get annoyed because I'm like, man, I, I want to see this guy showcase his ability somewhere else. Just so, just so I can watch him, you know, just so I can get some visuals on him. But nonetheless, like what you did was seriously one of the most impressive things I've, I've seen it through Iowa state basketball, you know, just to walk on and then to just be, you know, on the team for as long as you did and be as much of a contributor in, in the locker room. It's, it's truly impressive. So I, I don't take that lightly for real, man. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. You know, it's, yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. You ever go absolutely. to lead or state and just like fuck with people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, to, I can dunk, guys. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I used to go uh, to Lee a little bit, kind of like after the season. I had a group of guys. Sometimes I would go with Caleb and other guys, or uh, I think it was like my sophomore year. I think I went with like George and a couple other guys too. And yeah, we had some fun. But yeah, I mean, I like I like to play basketball. And, you know, obviously, I don't get a get as many reps as I would like, would have liked, but that's kind of how I go. So like, yeah, I would like to sometimes just go pull up and play some, get some runs in and then leave. For sure. Yeah. Just cook all those stupid students and just put them <laughs> in their place. How, how there's was some your, 
What? No, go for it. Go for it. I mean, there are some decent hoopers that lead now. Like, it, uh, you know, you could, you could always find some 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 buddies who can hit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I played fives a fair amount there, and yeah. and you, you'd run into some guys who are like, all right, like. Are you, or you be like, hey, intramural season's coming up. Well, you got to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's always some dudes that can hoop there. Gosh. I remember Kyle Kemp telling us a story about how they just had um, a football, a football basketball team, you know, intramural basketball team comprised solely of football players and how they would just go and literally dunk on everyone. And I'm just like, shouldn't there be a rule against that? Like, if I walked onto the court and I looked across and I saw that I was playing against Marchie Murdoch, Hakeem Butler, Willie Harvey, Marcel Spears, I'm quitting. I'm not playing that game. I'm leaving. <laughs> like trying yeah. to box them out for a rebound. I would just be like, fuck this. Like I'm already yeah. five, nine. <laughs> this is not fair. Yeah, it's it's like the classic. They just, you know, lean over and just tap the ball above <laughs> and catch it and shoot it right back. And you're like, okay, I'm jumping as high as I can. And they're not, yeah. they're barely even off the ground. It's just, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, those guys are just obviously really good athletes as well. So yeah. yeah thing. Sometimes it translates. Sometimes it doesn't, but I, I do want to ask really quickly. I, I'm asking questions I didn't even have now, but um, you know, you and Condit were both, you know, the embodiment of loyal forever true. I think you guys were brought in on the same class. Um, yep. Was there anyone else in that class that you brought in with that graduated at the same time as you were, or was it just George? It was just George. So kind of having that experience with someone alongside you, just, you know, experiencing everything that you are experiencing with the new coach, new teams year after year, you know, transfers in and out of the program. How, you know, did you guys kind of just build that bond together or, you know, talk with me about your relationship with George? Um. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> We've been here for about well, four years, been through a lot, been on the, um, a lot of different styles of teams we've been on and around different people and obviously a different coach now. I mean, I think, yeah, we've just, we've been on a good journey together and I think yeah, I've seen him grow as a person and a player. And I think he's seen the same thing as me. So it's been pretty cool to do this all this, all these years with the, you know, kind of the same, same guys. And then he, him and me being the only ones left, but, um, yeah, I would say it's, it's a pretty cool, cool experience for for me and George for sure. That's awesome, man. Well, again, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, seriously, it means a lot to us, and thanks for dealing with the bullshit of our technical ah, issues and me being late for a dentist appointment. <laughs> um, by the way, just to the listeners, I got I went to the dentist. So that means I don't have to floss for a month, and I don't have to brush my teeth for like no, no, four days. So. Exactly. That checks out. That's the third time you said that. <laughs> I need, I needed them to hear it. You need it on the recording. I'm going to cut it. I'll just edit it out. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, could you edit that out, please? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Carter said we have to edit it out. So now we have to edit it out. Ah, shit. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I, I guess my last question, I always like to just ask this, but, you know, especially with you, you know, graduating and everything like that, you know, you mentioned coaching is, is that kind of, like your, your current future path or where do you like, you know, kind of what, what's your, what's your next steps? Um, how can we follow you? What are, what are some things you're interested in getting into, you know, whatever you kind of want to want to speak about? Um, yeah. So I still got to finish up uh, student teaching next fall to get like that. Then I'll officially be done with my degree. Um, and then I'll be done with uh, the coaching part as well. But yeah, I'm, 
I don't know that to be honest, I don't know. I, obviously I kind of just want to get a job where there's teaching and coaching somewhere or, or, or just kind of just see where any, any of my connection can really get me for sure. Um, but yeah, I'm still trying to figure that out as well. I've had a lot of talks with my family and my, and my parents and kind of my friends as well. Just kind of like, just trying to get, trying to figure out my future, I guess. I guess I don't have anything set in mind what I exactly want to do, but um, I would definitely say coaching is definitely in my future for sure because I want to be around the game. And I just don't know where that is right now yet. So, but yeah, that's that's kind of my my future plans for sure. Still got another semester, so. I do, yeah. I do. Well, you got you got a connection in us. So <laughs> yeah. the time where you're feeling, hey, I might want to go to the booth, we'll make t-shirts, okay? <laughs> we'll make t-shirts. We'll start a huge social media campaign about it. We got you, okay, man? I appreciate that, guys. Yeah, we can get together and work something out for sure. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right, man. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to start vouching for it. Yeah, again, you just you let me know. And boom, I already have it printed in my mind. It's already printed, but you know, we'll, we'll start, we'll start making physical moves once we get there. So for sure. I got what you. Is it? I got booth in the booth or get booth in the booth. We'll figure something out. We'll yeah. figure it out. I, no, I studied I marketing. I can't be that bad at it. I have heard it. I've never heard that one. So I like it. <laughs> All right, man. Well, again, we really appreciate you giving us the time today. And if you ever need anything from us, just hit us up. But again, really appreciate you. Oh, I forgot this last time. Thank you. Newt. So one thing we do before we sign off is we just give our listeners a little quick little roll clone. So again, really appreciate you coming on, man. And roll clones. Roll clones, baby. Roll clones, baby. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. Yes. We got it this time. We got it. 